The views, opinions, and comments expressed by hosts, guests, and callers of this show are not necessarily those of this station, its parent company, TeleSouth Media, its staff, management, or advertisers. Content of this broadcast cannot be duplicated or used in any way without the express written consent of TeleSouth Media Incorporated. Now, join us for Advisors Roundtable with your hosts, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus. It's professional advice for your life. Welcome to the Advisors Roundtable, certified financial planners, Greg Cooley and Bubba Labus with you right here today on Super Talk Radio. Thanks a lot for listening. So, Bubba, from time to time, do we use terms and words that just make things sound a whole lot better than they are. And I'll, I'll give you an example. Leverage. EBITDA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so leverage. In, in the financial world, that's really borrowed money, right? Yeah, borrowed money. It's yeah. debt, mm-hmm. right? But leverage sounds so much yeah. better. It sounds more, uh, you know, yeah. MBA and, and Ivy League. What about this one? Leveraged buyout. A leveraged yeah. buyout. An LBO. Mm-hmm. So there are a number of these terms that uh, we use. That you know, they, they, it's just a fancy term. Mm-hmm. So, like leverage. Some investments use it. Yeah. Let's work through the many ma- Many investments use let's, it. Let's work through the math of mm-hmm. how you can make an investment yield more okay. if you borrow money, mm-hmm. right? Because uh, uh, a number, you know, leverage buyouts, uh, 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 a lot of uh, private equity, venture capital mm-hmm. deals use a hedge fund. What, right. what, what, do they, what, what do they mean when they say hedge? Well, fund. so uh, hedge funds can use leverage. Mm-hmm. Many of them probably utilize leverage, uh, but... A hedge fund will also allow the investor or the manager to short yeah. particular positions. Yeah, yeah. And, and you might be saying, well, what does that mean? Hence, he's hedging his bets, right? Right, right. Uh, so if you're short a position, it means that you anticipate that stock or investment to go down in value. So inside a hedge fund, you mm-hmm. may have a number of investments that they've invested the fundamental mm-hmm. a long way, which means I think that uh, the widget business mm-hmm. that our um, rich friend over here sure. has is going to go up in value. Right. So we buy the stock and hold it. Mm-hmm. But if you think it's going to go down in value, right. then you short his stock. Correct. Right. And we've talked about technically yeah. how you short a stock. Yeah. So how do you technically use leverage or use debt to make your investment yield more? So we talked a little bit about margin uh, a couple of weeks ago on the show. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm going to use that example and, and kind of carry it forward uh, as a leverage example. Mm-hmm. So we, we talked about having a million-dollar portfolio. Mm. And uh, the brokerage houses or investment houses will allow you typically to borrow up to 50% of that value. So you take out a half million dollar loan with the brokerage firm, firm, and then you reinvest that half million dollars. So now you've got a million and a half invested, right? You're paying a a nominal interest rate, but you you anticipate that whatever your investment is, that you're going to outperform that investment. Expense. Expense. Right. The right? debt. The debt expense right. on it. 
All right, so let's do real math here. Mm -hmm. Let's say that you do borrow the half a million dollars and you anticipate that you're going to make 15 to 20%. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then you, but you still got to pay five, six, seven percent for the debt, right? Right. Okay. So how does that help you out? Work us through the math there. Well, the idea is, is, is that uh, you invest, you have more capital at risk. Mm -hmm. So you've got more invested. Mm -hmm. So therefore your return is higher. Uh, so I got a million and a half invested. You've now. got a million and a half invested as opposed to a million. Okay. So, uh, you know, if you use 20%, mm -hmm. right? I uh, wish we could find it, but we're just making yeah. up math here, right? right? But okay. let's say you use 20% as a, as a rate of return. Mm -hmm. Well, on a million dollars, that's 200000 right. right? On another half million, that's another 100000 mm -hmm. So you've just leveraged your position to mm -hmm. make yourself 300000 Yeah, you've got to pay a little bit of interest along the way. Yeah. But even if you back out the interest, you have a higher rate of return. Yeah, because if you back out, let's just say you had to pay 7% mm -hmm. on the half million dollars. Right. Well, you know, that's uh, what, 35 grand? Mm hmm. So you, but if you made 100 grand, yeah. yeah, you're still net positive 65. Yeah. So on that total investment, right, mm -hmm. a million and a half investment, mm -hmm. uh, you've made $265,000 after carrying costs. Right, right. Now, but there's some risk in there. Well, yeah, and, mm. and the risk is is that the the stock value goes down. Yeah, that it does it doesn't do your twenty yeah. percent in this investment. And so we we did that math as well uh, mm. recently. So mm. you know, assuming that you uh, have a uh, a million and a half invested, mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. uh, and you go down twenty percent. Yeah, that's three hundred down. That's three hundred down. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. But you probably will have uh, a margin call in there somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, and you've got the carrying cost of the half million dollars. Mm -hmm. So let, let's just, uh, you know, leave it alone. Say you're down three hundred thousand dollars and you owe thirty five thousand dollars for the interest. Right. right? right. So you're down three hundred and thirty five thousand uh -huh. uh, dollars. And what does the brokerage house call you and say? And they say, hey, we need our money back. Yeah, we, w that loan that you've got there is not secured by as much value today as it was when you took out the loan. Uh, we need you to sell some things. Uh -huh. And then you have to, you're, you're forced to sell things when they're down. Uh, yeah. So that's a margin example. Which is a double whammy. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, and it would work the same way in, in leveraged uh, investments. Okay. So... In essence, you've got a, a business or an investment company or a mutual fund company or a closed-in fund company uh, out there that's borrowing money to go out and purchase other types of investments. Mm -hmm. And whether those investments do good or bad mm -hmm. uh, will be determinate on how well they perform. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when you invest or you uh, recommend an investment to somebody, you look to see how much debt they have and what their track record is That's on right. it and, yeah. and how well they've done that and, and mm -hmm. how well they've used leverage. Sure. Right. Well, one of the examples of use of leverage, and we alluded to it earlier, is sometimes in the private equity world. But I had somebody stop me on the street or at lunch the other day and said, what's the difference between venture capital and private equity and mm -hmm. hedge funds and all these alternative things? And I said, yeah, you know what? That's a good, yeah. good subject for uh, one of our shows to, mm -hmm. to come up. And, and so we're going to talk about that today. Sure. And we're going to talk about how 
And, and before we go to break, what I want you to do is mentally think of a tree. Okay? Think of a tree. And we're going to talk about how to water it and when to water it and how that relates to private equity and venture capital from the Advisors Roundtable on Supertalk. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Bubba Labus, and yours truly, Greg Cooley, with you right here on Super Talk Radio. So, Bubba, we, uh, we went into the break, and I told people to have a, a mental image of, 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 of a tree. Mm-hmm. Now, a tree has various stages of its growth. Sure it does. A little sprig, sprout, mm-hmm. and then you got a huge 500-foot mm-hmm. sequoia. Right. All right? So... Let's talk about business at its various stages of growth. Okay. There are startup businesses, mm-hmm. mom and pop gift shops, and somebody wanting to be in the plumbing business or whatever. Mm-hmm. You have the initial stages, the sprout, the sprig. Right. Then over time, you know, 25 years later, maybe you've created something and you've got employees and you've got consistent yeah. customers and you've got cash flow and you're paying taxes you're a mature business i, I read in the, the newspaper recently a uh, a new store that's going to be locating here it's a sporting goods store mm-hmm. started in uh, wisconsin or minnesota i think mm-hmm. um, um and in 1937 mm-hmm. as i recall mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so 1937 that would have been this this kind of business that we're talking about, yeah, right? Yeah. It would ju- just have been a sprig. Mm-hmm. It would have been an idea in mm-hmm. Granddad's mind. He may have had to borrow the money yeah. or leverage his house, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, to be able to get the first one going. You know, to buy all the inventory sure. and do the uh, advertising mm-hmm. to get the thing set up and find a place to rent or buy uh, and renovate. You know, there's a lot of stuff going into this. But what you in in your mind, I would like for you to think. Of the startup business mm-hmm. and of the mature business. Okay. Both of them need water. Yep. Okay. Both of them need to be watered. Mm-hmm. All right. The water, from the point of view of getting e- a- a- additional equity in, because let's say that it is a startup business and it really hasn't proven itself, it, it, itself yet, but Phil. When he started his widget company, he had a grand idea. Mm-hmm. And all he needed was just a little bit of money to give him a kickstart. Right. But if it was your money to give him a kickstart, mm-hmm. is that risky? Yes, it's very risky. Because he's got mm-hmm. very little track record. Mm-hmm. He's got a wonderful idea, he right. thinks. And he, he thinks it's revolutionary. And he thinks his widgets are better than anybody else's mm-hmm. widgets. But he's got to convince you. And if you put money in, it's called venture capital. Right. So venture capital is money going into a young, unproven startup startup business. What would be considered riskier. Many times it's technology, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. That's venture right. capital. Mm-hmm. Taking a venture, taking right. a chance. All right? On a new business. On a new business. Yeah. On a young business. Mm-hmm. On a business that's going to require you to be able to live with risks. That's right. Okay? That's venture capital. So uh, remember that. Okay? That's the water. That's the money, Mm -hmm. uh, additional money. Now, why would Phil need that what what's his dream what what why why would he call up a venture capital uh, firm why don't he, he just let 
life be life and take his chances and grow at whatever snail's pace his business will grow. What's the advantage of dealing with a venture capital? Firm? Maybe he's in the type of business or has the type of idea uh, that he can't do it in a small scale. Oh. All right. So if he's selling widgets and needs to manufacture these widgets, uh, I, I still don't know what a widget is, but <laughs> let's say that he needs to manufacture these things. Yeah, well, there's yeah. equipment involved. There's raw materials involved, you know. Yeah. So in order to ramp up his business and meet the demand for his great idea mm-hmm. that he's got, that he thinks that everybody in the world is going to want one of these things, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. Um, then he needs an infusion of capital he does. in order to do that. Now, do we see this on television uh, – uh, you know, there's, there's a show on there, and you got all these people supposedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Shark Tank. The Shark Tank. Yep. They, they supposedly got these deep pockets. Mm-hmm. And you come on there, and, you know, you got a real young business or a new business. Right. And you make your presentation mm-hmm. and try to get it. That, that's venture capital. Yeah. That, in its purest form, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what venture mm-hmm. capital is. Now, let's take a, a mature business. Okay. Let's say 25 years down the road, Phil's doing really well, and he's selling mm-hmm. lots of widgets, and he's selling them in 25 states in America. But right. he said, you know, the rest of the world is a big place. Yeah, There are lots of consumers out mm-hmm. there. I need an infusion of cash to be able to help me grow to the next level, sure. to be able to become an international company. Mm-hmm. The money that comes into a mature business is called private equity. Right. All right. It kind of is a, uh, uh, along the same lines mm-hmm. as venture capital, but private equity is probably not as risky. So before we get into private equity, we need to talk about what secures uh, venture capital and, mm-hmm. and maybe what secures mm-hmm. uh, private equity. So, so he's, ta- he's knocked on your door when he was a sprig, mm-hmm. when he was a brand new company. And he and- says, hey, I need some water for my tree here so we can get this thing to grow. Yep. And yep. I and I tell him I say, look, you know, I like your idea. I think you, you're you're a pretty sound businessman. I, th- I think that you're doing the right things here, mm-hmm. and I can see how an infusion of capital would help your business. Yep. But I'm not going to do that for free. Uh, there you go. So, so you, what what am I going to do that for? Just like the sharks. Yeah. They want a little yeah. bit of the action. I want either a piece of the business. Mm-hmm. Or probably a higher interest rate because he can't go to the the, the traditional method mm-hmm. uh, of borrowing money mm-hmm. unless he wants to put up his home and other investments and that sort of thing. Because the traditional me- method, i.e., banks, mm-hmm. they're required by regulators uh, and and their sure. shareholders to be a whole lot more conservative. That's right. And he's got to have some collateral. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the collateral to the venture capitalist who's willing to take risk yeah. is just shares of the company. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. Or a higher payback. That's right. All right? And sometimes venture capitalists will say, you know what? Kind of like the mm-hmm. sharks on Shark Tank. Yep. I don't want to take the whole piece of the pie mm-hmm. here. But maybe I'll share with you, mm-hmm. and we'll both go in together, and we're going to own 40% of this business. Yep. For, so for a minority mm-hmm. stake here, yeah. uh, Bubba calls up Greg and says, you know what? Old Phil's got a good idea, mm-hmm. but... I don't want to take all the risk. Right. Um, let me send this packet over there and let you look at this mm-hmm. thing, and maybe you take a little bit of it. Sure. So it's called minority ownership, right? right? Mm-hmm. Because you don't own a, a majority of it. Right. Phil probably, you know, it was his idea. Mm-hmm. 
He's put blood, sweat, and tears into this sure. thing. He's probably going to run it on a day-to-day basis. Right. Venture capitalists very rarely do. Mm-hmm. They're just money. They're, they're just the war bucks that coming in to That's try right. to help. Right? Mm-hmm. All right. So that, now let's go to private equity. Okay. So private equity, again, uh, it is uh, similar to what it, it, it's a private source of funds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these are for companies that are larger, a little more well-established, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. that are still looking for that next step. Right. 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 So at, as venture capitalists, mm-hmm. we may be excited to see a private equity group come in oh, yeah. because maybe they've got a lot more money. Maybe. maybe they can buy out our interest, maybe infuse some more capital into the business, into Phil's widget business. Mm-hmm. And we're happy because we've made a, a, a handsome profit or return on what we initially invested. Mm-hmm. Maybe we take a much smaller stake. Maybe we take, uh, uh, maybe still own a percentage of the business mm-hmm. or sell a portion of our business. Mm-hmm. Um, that sort of thing. But it is uh, another infusion of capital mm-hmm. in and, a private manner. And many times the private equity, mm-hmm. because we got a more established business here, you're able to borrow now. Right. You weren't able to borrow when it was just a, mm-hmm. a, a fledgling idea that yeah. didn't have any track record. Well, and, and what do you have now that you're a more established business? Mm-hmm. You might have property. Yep. You might have equipment. You might have trucks. You might have a, a number of different fixtures. A bunch you know, of inventory. Inventory, right. all that kind of stuff that you can borrow money on. Yep. So they can use leverage. Mm-hmm. Private equity can also use leverage right. in, in this. It's not necessarily just a cash check. That's right. Uh, and, and there are a number of institutions, large brokerage firms, uh, large banks, that will uh, get involved in private equity uh, deals mm-hmm. when when it, it looks right and when the the leverage is secured by good collateral. Sure. Um, but the whole point here was to try to get him to the next level. That's right. And to help him grow his business. Mm-hmm. Um, now, in the back of his mind... What does he probably have in mind if he's been doing this 25 or 30 years and he went from having a fledgling tree to now have a more secure and Mm -hmm. and more established and a stronger, bigger tree, a bigger business Mm -hmm. here? Maybe he's thinking about retiring. Right. He could be. Uh, Maybe he's thinking about cashing out. Maybe he's thinking about trying to, you know, some people are thinking about going public, mm-hmm. but they can only do that if they're larger and they have larger right. economies of scale mm-hmm. working for them. And so he may have a number of uh, 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 motivations. Mm-hmm. The motivation over on the venture capital side, when the thing is, is fledgling, is just get this thing up and going and let's see where it goes. Right. But once it's established. And hopefully get our money back. Yeah. 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 And maybe make a profit. Mm-hmm. Now, sometimes venture capitalists lose their money. They do. Sometimes his idea, especially mm-hmm. on the tech side, just didn't catch on. Mm-hmm. It didn't work. It wasn't what the world needed. They're willing to live with that. That's right. And you know, not everybody's cut mm-hmm. out to be a venture capitalist. But it sounds good on television. It does. You know? Speaking of some term that, you know, sounds really good, but when you get to the brass tacks of what they're really doing, like, heck no, I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Grandma only left me a hundred grand and I'm not going to put it into something yeah. that has no track record. Mm-hmm. 
But a number of investors are willing to do that, especially mm-hmm. people with deep pockets. Sure. And they're looking for a home run. Mm-hmm. They're looking for something that probably is not going to take 25 years to develop. That's right. They want to get that thing up and going within a few months or a few years. Then it'll be attractive to maybe the rest of the mm-hmm. world and the investment comes back or maybe to the private equity world. Mm-hmm. And as you said, now they become a minority owner. So there's a lot of things going into this. We're going to come back and talk about uh, how that might actually be applied on the street in this part of the world from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio. Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable. Certified Financial Planners Cooley and Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. We've been talking about venture capital and private equity, hedge funds, that sort of thing. Um, let's go back to our example of Daddy Warbucks, Phil Womack, our executive producer over there with all this money in this widget factor. Mm-hmm. In the very beginning, when he's a fledgling sprig of a company that needs a little water, a little equity, put in there to help him grow. How does he know where to find a venture capital firm or a venture capital investor? Are there are there firms that only do this? Yes, that there this are. This is their yeah. sole purpose? It's the only thing that they do. How does he find them? I mean, if he's, he's in the middle of backwater, yeah. Alabama, Arkansas, Mississippi, Louisiana, Tennessee... Yeah. How does, he, how, how does a guy who's running a business out of his warehouse or out of his garage mm-hmm. find a venture capitalist? Well, you go to the Google machine, probably. Oh, really? Yeah. You just go in there and yeah. put in venture capital mm-hmm. firms? Uh, yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. It could be that simple. Really? You know, doing a search. Uh, many times it's probably going to come as a referral, though, mm-hmm. uh, either from another private equity firm or another venture capital firm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and... In, in a lot of cases, the venture capital firms will find you. Mm. So they, they've got a, a finger on the pulse of, of things. They, mm. they know about maybe Phil's competitors, maybe adjacent products that, that he does that mm. might complement one another. Mm. So, they, um, you know, so they may be involved in a number of other smaller businesses, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And small business owners talk. Mm-hmm. And they talk to one another, mm-hmm. and they they say, "Well, you know, these are the issues that I'm dealing with right now. Sure, you know, h- how would you, mm-hmm. you know, clarify that or correct this or, or whatever?" Mm-hmm. And one of those might say, "You know what? I've got this this venture capital firm that I've been working with, mm-hmm. and I think that you should have an introduction or at least mm-hmm. talk to them." Right, right, and mm-hmm. I, I think you also make a good point that. The venture capital firms and the private equity firms have associations with one another. Right. So if you call up somebody and say, mm-hmm. are you a venture capital firm? They say, no, I'm a private equity mm-hmm. firm as well. Do you work with venture capital mm-hmm. firms? What are the ones you've worked with in the past? What's your experience with how, how can I get in touch with them? Right. But they are actively pursuing business deals, aren't they? They are. They always are. Mm-hmm. I mean, you and I, we know a, a number of mm-hmm. uh, very smart young kids who've come mm-hmm. out of really prestigious schools. Sure. And one of their first jobs in the financial world was to work as an analyst mm-hmm. for a venture capital or a private equity firm, right? Right. And they review deals, and some of them are actually on the phone mm-hmm. trying to find deals. Right. So venture capital and private equity is out there, and... Uh, 
it's not a bad thing to try to find them. No, absolutely. Especially if it gets your business to where you need it to be. Yeah, yeah. And uh, sometimes they can be a, a decent partner mm-hmm. because they can come walking in with all kinds of experience. Well, and, and resources as well. Meaning? Meaning, uh, you know, Phil's got to get this business up and going. Mm-hmm. Who's he going to use to run his payroll? Who's he going to use to uh, to supply the insurance that he needs? Mm-hmm. Who's he going to use uh, as suppliers? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and these venture capital firms, they they might own another supplier uh-huh. that that would work well. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that and that benefits them yeah. doubly. Right. Yep. Yeah. Hey, we've already got an interest in this supplier that you're going to need all this material from. Mm-hmm. Why don't you use them, mm-hmm. and we can cut you a discount because we know how much you're going to be using. Right. And it helps your business, and it helps our other business over here. Right. And they know firms that do research mm-hmm. and can right. say, hey, you're doing it this way. That really didn't work for a previous firm. Mm-hmm. But we found out when that firm went under, if they had done it this way, right. it would have been better. Mm-hmm. It, it may have been more applicable to the general public. So there's lots of information, mm-hmm. a lot of knowledge that's available out there from venture capital firms and private equity firms. And, and I right. think more people ought to avail themselves mm-hmm. uh, of these of these firms and, and find out how it works and find out whether they can actually benefit you. Mm-hmm. Now, we've talked about startups and like Phil would be yeah. when he started his widget company. And we've talked about mature companies. Let's talk about who would actually be looking for venture capital and and private equity. Uh, yes, startups. Mm-hmm. Uh, many time younger people who are in a technology-related uh, right. field. Uh, but also very mature businesses and mature people. Sure. We allu- alluded to it a minute mm-hmm. ago about people who are getting ready to retire. Right. Or they're getting tired. Mm-hmm. Or you've, you've owned a business... Mm-hmm. For 40, 50 years, mm-hmm. and you've got really no succession plan uh, associated with that business. Mm-hmm. And how do you exit that business? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, you, you feel responsible because you've got 150 or 200 employees, mm-hmm. and you don't want to just close the doors one day and say, mm-hmm. we're all done. I'm going home. <laughs> right. right? Right. Especially if you've got a viable business, right? Right. right. Not everybody's children want to do what mom and daddy That's do. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. Correct. Right. And so here you are, you're in your 50s, 60s, 70s, and, you know, you want to see the south of France mm-hmm. and not work 60 hours a week. Right. Mm-hmm. But you do have all these other things at work here. You don't have a, a, a child that wants you, don't have a succession plan. Uh, stop for a moment. What is a real, what is a succession plan? We've allude, alluded to it before. We've talked about it a little, but let's take it apart. What would a succession plan look like for Phil? He gets 65 and he wants to get out of the, wi- of the yep. widget business. So h- how does that business continue without him? That's really what succession planning is about. That's right? what we're talking about here. Okay. So, uh, you know, whether I'm a, a child of Phil's mm-hmm. or, I, you know, maybe I'm a competitor of mm-hmm. Phil's. Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, I see that uh, Phil's business is, is good and sound. And I'd say, I like to be in that business. Or you're an employee. Or an I'm employee. Mm-hmm. A key employee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Phil says, hey, you know, I'm coming up on that age 65. Mm-hmm. And let me see. I, I've heard Greg and Bubba talk about the potential for a succession plan. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't have any kids who want to do right. this. Check. 
don't have any other extended mm-hmm. family members who want to do this or can do this or qualify to do that. No. Um, maybe I have a key employee. Maybe I do have a competitor, mm-hmm. as you point out. Maybe there's somebody in town that, uh, you know, they've sold their business and they may be looking for something else to get That's into. Right. You were telling me about uh, a, a, a college, high school college friend of yours mm-hmm. that's in the Nashville area right. that bought into a business that he's never been associated with. Before. Never been associated with. That. Now, this is a very smart individual that mm-hmm. I know, uh, really good friends with him. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, he, he's uh, very, very capable in the mm-hmm. things that he can do mm-hmm. and well-educated, mm-hmm. I would say, and actually used to work for a private equity firm. Oh, and this was one of the deals that the private equity firm put him in contact with. So they had reviewed it, mm-hmm. and it may be too small or too large or didn't fit Correct. them right then, or yeah. they were involved in other mm-hmm. deals, and this one's available. That's right. Okay. Uh, so he found this business, uh, and it, you know, it's an electrical contractor. Oh. And it doesn't sound all that fancy, right? Mm-hmm. But basically what they do, I think he's got 60 employees, and uh, and they move uh, electrical poles and that sort of thing for uh, road work and road construction and right away oh. uh, and that sort of thing. Okay, and it's kind of a specialty, right? It is. Yeah. And so the previous owners, or maybe the people who started mm-hmm. this business 30, 40, 50 years ago, got a little bit older. Okay. And got to a point in their career where they were ready to retire. Mm-hmm didn't have any other children or anybody else that they could leave the business to or any other viable succession plan. Right. Um, and, you know, uh, this private equity firm put this individual and, and you in know, touch with my, him. yeah, my other good, good friend together, mm-hmm. and they kind of came to, to terms with a deal that they could work out. Right. And so did he buy the whole thing or is private equity part of the deal? I, or I he, think he did, worked out a deal and he's buying the whole thing. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now, I, I, I don't know exactly how he financed it okay. um, and, and, and how the mm-hmm. whole thing is working, right. but he seems to be happy. Seems to be happy. He seems to be fulfilled. He seems to be uh, thrilled at the fact that he's got this business mm-hmm. now, and he sees a lot of potential in it, Oh, uh, which is why he initiated the purchase to begin with. Absolutely. Because he thinks that he can grow this mm-hmm. to another level and then at some point turn around and sell it or to when somebody he gets else. ready for his succession plan, right. have something that's even worth more than Correct. what he paid years ago. Right. Right. Uh, do you think the average American knows all this is going on on the street, or all they see is the stock market is crashing? I think they see that the stock market is crashing. Mm. And and I, I think maybe in the next segment I want to get into mm. how do you actually uh, utilize this in maybe a portfolio. Oh, so if you're not necessarily a venture mm-hmm. capitalist yourself right. or a private equity mm-hmm. owner of a business or a business that wants to sell mm-hmm. itself, there's a way for you to do investing in this. That's correct. Oh, that's a cool thing. And mm-hmm. it, maybe you can incorporate that into your personal portfolio right. to give yourself a little bit more diversification or something. Right. And well, and and it could possibly come with a little more risk. Oh, oh. so yeah, yeah we got to fully talk about that. Talk about in, that in the next segment from the Advisors Roundtable on Super Talk Radio with Cooley and Labus. 
Welcome back to the Advisors Roundtable, Certified Financial Planners, Cooley and Labus with you right here on Super Talk Radio. So we're talking about venture capital and private equity and hedge funds and all of those sorts of things. Maybe not necessarily something you think about every day, but uh, maybe just some information so that you understand what they're talking about uh, when you, you see it on television. So venture capital is taking a venture, taking a chance, probably on a startup or a young firm. Right. All right. And then private equity is money that's usually infused into a more mm-hmm. mature firm. Mm-hmm. Um, so talk to me about ways I can possibly get involved in this, but I don't have to come up with $5 million to buy mm-hmm. Phil's widget company. Well, we need to talk about, uh, number one, hedge funds. Okay. Uh, but Well, I guess thirdly, hedge funds. Mm-hmm. So a hedge fund... Uh, can can take positions in private equity, uh, but generally they're going to take uh, positions in publicly owned companies or publicly traded companies. So they're going to either be long or short, right? Companies that are already on an exchange. That's right. Okay. Right. So at, as a uh, as a uh, a growth factor, right? Mm-hmm. You, you've got smaller companies that are venture capital, mm-hmm. medium sized that are private equity that can grow to very big companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know the answer to this. I think at one time, uh, Dell Computers, mm-hmm. and I know Dell Computers was publicly traded, and then I think they took it private, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So, and they're still selling Dell Computers mm-hmm. today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Dell decided, mm-hmm. hey, I'd rather not be beholden to share owners and that sort of thing, so I'm going to take this thing private again. Right. Uh, and in order to be able to do that, I got to buy all the shares that are out there. That's right. Okay. And how did he do that? Mm-hmm. Well, he went out and he either borrowed money or used his own money or, or whatever he, he did. Private equity. Or in order to do that, okay. so he took a public company private again, which mm-hmm. can happen. Mm-hmm. And you can take private companies public. Mm-hmm. So once they become public, those hedge funds can invest in those types of companies, okay. uh, and they can be long or short or however they're going to do it. Mm-hmm. I, I want to be careful and, and describe there are, there are so many different types of hedge funds mm-hmm. and private equity funds mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because there are some uh, hedge funds out there that are very, very conservative. Mm. And from a standpoint of uh, being an investor in one of those funds, mm-hmm. you might think, oh, well, I'm in a hedge fund, you know, and you, mm-hmm. you think automatically, well, they're, they're ultra aggressive. Yeah, it lots of may not necessarily be the case. Okay. Sometimes with, with hedge funds, they will invest money in such a way that they want zero loss of principal, mm-hmm. and they're looking just for low single-digit returns. Okay. You know, uh, they may be very aggressive hedge funds that you could lose 50% in a year and be up 50% in a year. So it just, it, it, it varies on the type of fund. Okay. Um, the average investor out there, you know, mom and pop out on the street, mm-hmm. that sort of thing, non-wealthy investor mm-hmm. typically does not have access to hedge funds, private equity, uh, and venture, venture capital. capital. Why? Uh, they're seen as more sophisticated types of investments okay. and they require a lot more due diligence and a lot more understanding and knowledge of the investment world before you, the regulators will even allow you or the fund will allow you to be an investor. So do the regulators, uh, as part of the analysis about whether Phil is Mm -hmm. a sophisticated investor and can invest in hedge funds, when they look at it, is part of it his worth? 
or uh, his investable yeah. assets or you know he he, he can't have ten dollars yeah. and do this absolutely he, he may have yeah. to be worth a million and and many times uh they don't want you to even be an accredited investor which i think is three hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars worth mm-hmm. of income and a certain mm-hmm. net worth mm-hmm. they want you to be what what's called a qualified purchaser oh. meaning that you've got five million dollars in mm-hmm. order to go mm-hmm. go into a, uh, a a private hedge fund or however it may work uh okay. that right. sort of thing okay. however there are uh, 40 act funds. And what I mean by that is a regular mutual fund out there mm-hmm. that do some of the same things. Okay. Uh, and there are uh, private equity funds out there. There are venture capital funds out there mm-hmm. that the average investor, they've got a structure associated with these particular funds mm-hmm. that the average investor can go out and make a purchase in Oh. many times for as little as $2,500. Oh, Okay. Now, I, I'm not making a recommendation no, that everybody no, go out no, and no, buy no. one of these things, no. right? Right. But I, I think that it's uh, it's important that people know that they're out there and available mm-hmm. to uh, the average investor should you want to get into that sort uh, of investment. So if you think it fits your risk tolerance mm-hmm. and you're interested in it, you're not necessarily uh, precluded from it if you're not worth $50 million. Sure, right. There's a possibility that somebody that has a hundred thousand dollars invested and wants a little uh, something to add some diversification. Yeah, maybe you want to take five thousand dollars and invest in one of these private equity mutual funds. And you can, as long as you understand the Mm -hmm. risk, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Well, where do you find them? How do you how do you find those and can every or will every broker out there point you in the direction of these things? Well, and, and that's that's kind of where the uh, the rub comes in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that the Google machine is going to be beneficial, okay. right, to do a little bit of initial research. Mm-hmm. On your own. And then you're going to find, okay, well, I've got 10 different companies here that offer these funds mm-hmm. that are going to be private equity funds. Okay. And then you can do your research on each of the individual funds from there. All right. Or you can talk to your trusted financial advisor. Okay. You know, they've probably already done some of the research uh, on some of these funds right. and could make recommendations on why or why not this fund over that fund would be appropriate for you. Okay. All right. I mean, and that is the case whether you're looking at possibly investing in private equity hedge funds or you're just thinking about adding small cap value stocks yeah. to your portfolio, right? Or buying Walmart. Right. You you need to do some, or somebody mm-hmm. needs to do some uh, preliminary uh, and maybe extensive mm-hmm. analysis on this. Thing. Right. All right. Because I guarantee you that many of the companies that are owned in private equity and venture capital uh, I'd say about 90 to 95 percent of them you've never heard of. Does that make people uncomfortable? It does. Okay. It does. But I would say at one point, Netflix was unheard of. Mm-hmm. At one point, eBay was unheard of. Mm-hmm. At one point, a long time ago, Harley Davidson was never heard of. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. 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 So they had to be discovered. Mm-hmm. They had to either go public or get private equity and suddenly you know marketing and exposure in 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 society and people know what a harley davidson is that's now, right right mm-hmm. but you're right probably 75 years ago nobody had heard of them that's right and nobody knew who they were and what they did and then you know the it's rest probably more history. like a hundred years ago right 
time yeah. does fly. It does. It? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when you're looking at having a fully diversified portfolio, f- first, why is that beneficial? Why can't I, Bubba, why can't I just take all my money and stick it in one stock and, and take my chances? We've, we've talked about uh, the, the periodic table before, and, mm-hmm. and it's called a Callan chart, mm-hmm. and how certain investments do well one year, and then the next year they don't do so well. Mm-hmm. But it's really all over the board. And if you looked at it, it looks mm-hmm. like somebody just splattered it with a bunch of different colors of paint, right? right? Um, But uh, the reason you own that uh, or own different types of asset classes, whether it be small cap, mid cap, large cap, international, Mm -hmm. bonds, Mm -hmm. floating rate, I mean, Mm -hmm. all different hedge funds, Mm -hmm. private equity, all that kind of stuff is for diversification. All right. And the benefit of diversification is what? You're spreading out your risk across many different things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now, and, and many people would say, all right, well, Bubba, if I'm buying a private equity fund, which you've already told me mm-hmm. is inherently a little bit more risky, mm-hmm. does that not increase my overall risk? Mm-hmm. It may or may not from from a measurement standpoint. Oh, as it mixes in. As it mixes in, it may decrease your overall volatility. Okay. All right. And, and a well-diversified portfolio. Yeah, yeah. And that's hard for people to understand right. if, if they haven't really seen the math and mm-hmm. they really don't understand that, Correct. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, uh, our responsibility as fiduciaries mm-hmm. is really to give you advice that has the greatest probability of success. That's right. And that does not not necessarily mean it would have the greatest return this year. That's correct. Huh? Mm-hmm. Because the greatest probability of success is what's going to get you to the finish line. That's right. right? Yeah. And the greatest return this year might get you, uh, as you compare it to mm-hmm. something that's well diversified, it may give you a little bit of frustration. But in the long run, uh, from our point of view, mm-hmm. it's probably the best way to get there. And, and this year, people might even say that flat is the new up. <laughs> you know, you know? And, and, and when you come off a year when everything went up 20 percent, then you're, you're frustrated if you didn't get 20 percent and you're mm-hmm. fully diversified. But when you have a year when everything goes down 20 percent mm-hmm. and you're only down 10 or 12 because right. you're fully diversified, it, it helps the taste in the mouth. That's correct. Uh, and it's one of the benefits of having diversification. Well, I hope we talked about something today uh, that whet your appetite, gave you a little bit more information. Maybe we learned something, and maybe we uh, made sure that you're a little more uh, aware of things from the Advisors Roundtable on Supertime. The discussion and content expressed by the host of the Advisors Roundtable are intended to be received as news, educational, and entertainment or unit items and are not to be accepted by the listener as legal, investment, insurance, or tax advice. Opinions and views will be expressed by guests of the Advisors Roundtable, and those opinions and views are those of the guests alone and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Advisors Roundtable host or any of its affiliated radio stations. All information provided is educational in nature and is not intended to be acted upon without first consulting the 
the appropriately licensed professional of your choosing. Before acting upon any information obtained during an advisor's roundtable broadcast, an individual should understand matters are extremely tax-specific and require advice tailored to individual facts and needs. Certified financial planners Greg Cooley and Andrew Labus are registered representatives of S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated. Securities offered through S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated, member FINRA, SIPC. Advisory services offered through Ignite Planters, LLC. Ignite Planters, LLC is not affiliated with S.A. Stone Wealth Management Incorporated.